afternoon from the great Midwest. It is 2 p.m. Central Time in um, on February. I'm sorry, April the 25th. I'm Leon Davis, and you're uh, listening to Altitude Adjustment. Um, I want to welcome you. I, I thank you for joining me. Hopefully, this podcast will find you in good health and yours uh, in a safe place, in a safe position. Um, one of the reasons that I started this podcast was um, I noticed that there were a lot of people doing videos that were providing either bad information, um, um, deceptive information, uh, deceptive um, determining that it was intentional that the information be passed and, and that they knew that it was not complete. Uh, and then uh, some people we're putting out the information to cause fear. And two of the things that I think are most detrimental to making a good decision is ignorance and um, fear. And a lot of times fear is a result of ignorance because we don't know something about something. Uh, we become fearful and our reaction usually isn't going to make the best decision because we're not trying to find out more about it to make a better informed decision. So when I run across something that I feel is deceptive or stokes fear, it captures my attention. So this uh, past uh, week, I had in my I received in my news feed um, a video, and um, then also it was in my inbox, and I watched the video. It just I don't know I can't remember exactly what prompted me to watch the video but I'm glad that I did and um, so the video is of three people sitting around a table one person is, is uh, um, filming the whole thing and then there's a gentleman and a lady sitting across from the person doing the filming and um, on the table is a plate so the lady one of the lady the lady across uh, from the photographer or videographer is it takes starts talking about hand sanitizer takes some hand sanitizer squirts it into a plate and then lights it on fire and then proceeds to um show that you know there's a blaze going on even though it may not be completely visible to you and um then you know puts out a warning that you should be careful about using hand sanitizer so there wasn't any, so the information they provided, they were, I don't want to say careful because that shows intent, but, um, but the wording, how they worded things, um, they get, they give you some good information or they give you some information that is correct, which is that hand sanitizer will catch fire, uh, because it is alcohol because it has an alcohol content um, and then they say you should um, wash your hands instead of using sanitizer but they don't say it in such a way as to try to um, and say that you shouldn't use hand sanitizer at all um, so so what they did was seventh grade science it was seventh grade science um, anyone who's you know worked in seventh grade or eighth grade science class knows that alcohol is combustible 
any form of alcohol, ethanol, uh, rubbing alcohol, drinking alcohol, um, any kind of alcohol is combustible. And if you use it near a flame, if you use it near a flame, it can ignite. Um, beer, which is probably one of the weakest alcohol content um, items that I can think of, which has about one and a half percent alcohol. Um, if you put a match to it, it's not going to light. If you disturb the glass, cause the alcohol to become a mist, you can ignite that mist with a turn it into a flame. With a hot enough flame, you can ignite that mist. Um, so alcohol should never be used or anything that contains a, 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 level, a level of alcohol in it of any type um, should not be used near an open flame. But my thought is, why would you be working that close to an open flame that your hand sanitizer would be an issue? Putting hand sanitizer on your hand is going to, the, the fumes from the alcohol are going to dissipate within four to five seconds. So you're not going to be flammable for the rest of the day because you've used hand sanitizer. Um, so my concern here is that there's, the, there's not enough information there to say, yes, hand sanitizer can ignite, but that the risk of hand sanitizer igniting means that you have to be close to an open flame for that to happen. It's not like you're going to put hand sanitizer on um, walk around the house and then go into the kitchen, turn on the stove, and your hands are going to burst into flames. Um, that's just not going to happen, um, especially at a time like this when the use of hand sanitizer is extremely important. I think we have to be careful that we don't push ideas that threaten the use of life-saving techniques. Alcohol is used in hospitals and in in all kinds of environments as a disinfectant and a protection protection for people. And so we should not make sure that we're not vilifying um, uh, products that contain alcohol, but do provide the necessary caution so that people don't um, use alcohol, uh, use products that contain alcohol in the, the wrong way. So with that, I am going to get started in the show. I want to thank you again for joining me. Uh, today's show is defining essential. Now, when it comes to identifying essential needs for human life, uh, I don't think anyone's really confused. But recently, some people decided to improv essential. Welcome to Altitude, Altitude. Adjustment. Adjustment. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so, let's see, there we go. So doing research for this show, I ran across a couple of news articles, which I thought were um, very informative and they, and they helped me um, obviously put together the show. And the first is, well, let me start with this one first. Uh -huh. Okay. 
And this one um, from the Washington Post. And the headline reads, Chanting Locker Up Michigan Protesters Waving Trump Flags Mass Against Governor Gretchen Whitmer's Coronavirus Restrictions. And then, um, in fr and from that article, um, the first few paragraphs, um, let me take a step backwards. So the definition of essential, something that is absolutely necessary and of extreme importance. Um, so now, moving back into this article, the first couple of paragraphs read like this. If all roads in Michigan lead to, to the state capitol, conservative protesters on Wednesday made sure they were closed. For miles, thousands of drivers clogged the streets to demand Michigan Governor Gretchen Widmer, uh, was a Democrat, ease restrictions and allow them to go back to work. They drowned downtown Lansing, Michigan in a cacophony of honking. They blared patriotic songs from car radios, waving all sorts of flags from the windows, uh, even President Trump flags, American flags, and the occasional Confederate flag. But in the massive demonstration against Whitmer's stay-at-home executive order, they have argued is excessive and beyond her authority. The pleas from organizers that protesters to stay in their vehicles went unheeded Many got out of their cars and crashed the front lawn of the Capitol building, with some chanting, lock her up and we will not comply. Um, the next article was uh, that I ran across was from... Hold on now. <laughs> As I try to make changes, uh, things are going haywire. Oh, do I have my hand on something? Okay. Technology. And you think it, you own it, and it winds up owning you. article. There we go. There we go. Okay. Uh, so the headline in this article is Angry Shoppers Slam New Rules Preventing Walmart, Target, and Costco Stores from Selling Non-Essential Items Such as Toys and Clothing in Certain Parts of the U.S. Attached to this article was several um, tweets that people uh, had tweeted regarding non-essential items and I'm going to share a few of those with you uh, in just a moment uh, I don't personally have a Twitter account um, but you can you know, go to someone's Twitter page and, and see the tweets um, and fortunately they, they included them in this article and I thought that was very important um, one of the, th the things that I think is important also about this article is that it shows that um, what people see as essential and it is also noteworthy uh, 
about their recalcitrant posture regarding the lockdown. So let's start with the first tweet. Let's see. Let's pull this up. Okay. So the first tweet is from Perez RU number seven, and they write some Walmart Costco target stores barred from selling non-essential items. What a bunch of crap. I have to work at home and I need my printer and computer. Uh, it shows some exasperations. The da, I need ink and paper. Let ban government from working. They are non-essential to the public. So I'm not going to go into punctuation and misspelled words or using words of the wrong tense. But um, so the, the idea here is that this person is complaining that they have to work from home and that they can't um, buy what they want from the store. Now, if I remember right, um, the, shut, the stay at home and people working from home wasn't implemented at the very beginning. So as people were trying to develop working from home, um, they were given some time before they had to um, uh, before that that occurred. I don't I don't I don't I, I don't know this person's um, particular situation and what transpired before they reached uh, working from home. But if you did not. So, so non-essential items, this, the, the banning of non-essential items uh, didn't occur until well into the stay-at-home orders. And so if you didn't purchase the things that you need to work from home, if you didn't you know, get those items, then, then blaming someone else for your not doing what was necessary for you to accomplish what you needed to accomplish um, does not constitute an emergency or a crisis. Let's move on to the next one. It's from Starry-Eyed Prize. They write, why ban non-essential items when a person is already in the store? They are killing the businesses and the economy. If the store is closed completely, that's different. But to say, I can't buy something when I'm in the store is bullshit. It's time to fight back. So there's a lot going on here. Um, so stores like Target and Walmart sell multiple department stores. They sell many items. They sell food. They sell uh, auto parts. They sell you know a lot of different things that some would be considered essential and some would not be considered essential. So in the case of, say, a Walmart or a Target, um, in order to live up to social distancing, now I, I don't know exactly when 
Well, this this tweet was April the thirteenth. So, um, so food being a an essential item, and clothing, which is an essential item, um, in order to maintain social distancing, stores have gone to the step of limiting the number of people in the store. By doing that, it 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 decreases the amount of opportunities where you're going to uh, come into contact or come closer to s- than six feet uh, because there's no way around that. You know, if there's the fewer people that are in the store, if you see people coming your way, you have an opportunity to maybe duck down a different aisle or uh, do something to avoid that person if you wait and to give that person the six feet room. If you have too many people in the store, that's just not going to happen. And in the case of multiple departments, um, whereas Walmart and Target may say, we're going to make food our primary essential item that we sell, and we're going to allow other businesses that do clothing do allow people to go in and out of their business to buy clothing. And that's rational. That's reasonable. And that would explain um, why you wouldn't be able to buy clothing at um, Walmart or Target or Costco. And, And understanding that is important to everyone involved because um, your angst creates a difficult situation where they now have to manage um, your angst along with managing your expectations, uh, along with managing crowd uh, flow and social distancing. Um, So Next one. This is from T. Bezzy. 112 at Walmart, at Walmart help. Even at pandemic clothes, all caps, are essential, all caps. So don't be trying to say they are not and barring people from buying them kids are now home, they will need things. Families will probably need to get games and puzzles to plan for no law, L-A-W, spring, summer, school vacation. Um, so, so, you know, again, I've talked about um, why some departments are, are gonna be open and some departments are not. Um, why you can get that, uh, you know, at, at one place and then maybe have to, you have to go to another place. Um, also, if you are doing multiple shopping, shopping in multiple departments, you may take longer to get what you need. Um, the longer that you are in the store, the less traffic they can move to the store. And so if they are primarily making sure that you have something to eat, um, your presence um, 
taking up space, buying clothes is definitely going to impact someone else being able to buy food. So my guess is you've got clothes on clothes on to get to the store. So the need for clothes at that point is not as urgent as food may be. Let's see. And then let's see. And this one is from Musical O. Musical OH. Maybe I'm late to hearing the news about non-essential commerce, but why in the holy fuck are people okay with being told what they can and can't buy? If I want to go to Walmart and buy a flat of silly string to keep myself entertained, that's essential to me and my sanity. So I, so it's not that I don't believe that people understand what essential means. It's that I think they make arguments against rational behavior because it does not allow them to do what they want to do. You cannot buy a bazooka. You cannot buy a tank. You cannot. There are a lot of items that you just can't buy just because you want to buy them and because it works for your sanity. So there is a level of essential that every human being has and purchasing items of a non-substance nature or non-protective um, don't fit into that, that category. Um, and then here's the last, the last uh, tweet. I think this is the last one. Yeah, and I think this one was in response to Musical Old's um, tweet. Pardon me. Totally agree. What essential to one person is not to another. They are trying to keep us from browsing well after 13 hours, gowned up in plastic, trying to breathe through two masks. Maybe I need a pool float for tomorrow. Crayons for the kids, some wiper fluid for the car, and new socks. All right. So, so as I said, um, some of the tweets were just improv. They they were just people mouthing. Um, I don't know if they if they were um, completely wholeheartedly honest in the discussion. I know we know that a lot of times on social media. People say things or uh, and put forth ideas that they wouldn't normally do in person or you know under uh, other situations. So, just a quick: um, what is the standard for essential? What you know? How do we determine what is essential? Because you know, one one of one of the tweeters said. Uh, you know, I might need some silly string and that 
um, is essential for my existence. So, <coughs> pardon me. <clears throat> so, based on Maslow's, Maslow's, last week I called it Maslow. I kind of mashed together Pavlov and Maslow. Um, um, psychology is a very fascinating subject to me. So I kind of, I kind of read a lot of that, but it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. In Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's a pyramid, and basically the the base of the pyramid is um, these items. Now the, the base of the pyramid is that um, as you go up the pyramid, as you go up the pyramid. Um, See, I'm gonna put the pyramid up here real quick. As well, as you go up the pyramid, um, the things at the base make it possible for you to get to the higher functioning of human of human existence. Uh, but you gotta have that base in order to reach those higher functionings of reasoning. So, at the base of the pyramid is homeostasis. Um, in biology, homeostasis is the state of steady internal physical and chemical conditions maintained by living systems. The dynamic state of equilibrium is the condition of optimal functioning for the organism and includes many variables such as body temperature and fluid balance being kept within certain preset limits. Uh, and there are other variables that go into that field or into that definition. There's health, food, water, sleep, clothes, and shelter. That is the, the essential for all other human functions. Um, some of the other things that, that so understanding, uh, let me go back. I'm gonna put up the, uh, so the physiological, which is what I just talked about, homeostasis, food, water, shelter is at the base. Safety is next love and belonging, esteem, and then self-actualization is at the top of the pyramid. And I didn't want to go into uh, others because it was about defining the essentials. What is the base essentials? So after the base essentials, which is what um, all of the, the stringent lockdown um, actions were to try to do is to just get people to get the essentials, making sure your food, making sure you can eat to sustain life, making sure you can drink because you need water, making sure that you had clothes, making sure you had shelter. While, while they, the rest of the country, while everybody dealt with the difficulty of the virus and, and what we had to 
do to protect as many people as possible. When people have a tendency to, well, I'm not going to go there. So, So, understanding what the base, what the essentials are. Understanding what the essentials are and, and, and how they play into how we've addressed this situation. It becomes... Um, important to ask some questions. Um, there are some people that I don't know if you have to word things differently for them before they get it. You may have to tell them several times before they get it. And some people may get it the first time that they hear it, but they may push back um, just as a matter of their kind of personality they may push back um, at you and so I don't know if if it was really communicated well what the essentials are I think a lot of times people assumed everyone is on the same page as essentials and if you look at those tweets um, when people was talking about I need silly string it was said in such a way that it could have been um, sarcastic or it could have been just trolling. Um, but there are people that I think truly believe that. Um, and so is better communication is, is sometimes talking to people as if they don't understand or that they don't know necessary in order to get people to recognize that that they're not the only one at the top of the food chain that um, that their actions impact others and how do we how do we address when people act as if their actions do not impact anyone but themselves and and I've heard this quite a bit um, people talking about um, um, let me do what I need to do and then um, if, if I get sick then it's on me and it's not on the other people um, they don't accept the idea of herd immunity and herd um, vulnerability and they don't accept the, the idea of that that we're in this together and that what you do does impact me or does impact someone else. Um, and that and that your risk taking um, doesn't only include you. Um, how, how do we implement, how do we get people to understand that that your behavior impacts more than you? Do we, you know, what? how do we impart 
the, the idea that you have a responsibility to someone else other than yourself. Um, while this epidemic, a lot of people feel, <coughs> pardon me, but now I'm going to wrap this up. Um, part of people feel like you know this was forced on them, and that um, it was a bad deal. So, so China has dealt with SARS and MERS and you know other uh, catastrophes of this nature, and they're they're the second largest economy in the world. So they were able to lock down their country on differing levels on multiple occasions over the past 10 years and still be financially solvent. Their economy didn't crash. Their social structure didn't crash. Uh, the country didn't fold and go away. Um, and they're better prepared to deal with situations like this one. We have in this country have never had to deal with that. We've never had to deal with the isolation of being um, in your home for several days on end and to be able to have to entertain yourself, to have to keep your sanity uh, and deal with who you are or not. If you, when you're alone and I'm, Sure, some people are going to be able to attest to this. Um, you have to find out whether you like yourself, and and how to um, be able to keep your sanity and not feel like the world has uh, abandoned you, and not feel like you're alone um, just because you can't go outside or be around other people. We are social creatures. Um, the social nature. Of, of what we do is important uh, to our self-esteem and it's important to our, our frame of mind. Um, but sometimes we do have to learn to live with ourselves um, in between um, you know, situations so that um, we can solve problems. So we after we get through this one, and I'm very confident and competent confident that we are going to get through this and that we're going to be okay. Um, when we get through this, um, we will have to put together lessons learned about um, how this was communicated. Um, unfortunately, um, from the top down, it wasn't communicated well. There wasn't a team spirit. There wasn't a, we're all in this together kind of a spirit. And so it made the process that much more difficult and contested. Um, there, there may come the day when there's a virus because of the ballooning, um, the ballooning population of the planet. Um, it is difficult in most cases to, to have that kind of social distancing space on a regular basis. And so as our populations increase, the chance for an, a virus that could wipe out uh, a huge 
portion of mankind becomes less theoretical and more potentially possible. Understanding how to deal with that, <clears throat> how to um, be able to quarantine yourself and not lose your frame of mind is going to be crucial to determining if you're going to survive that. I give ourselves a D on this one. While it may not, you know, there were projections of, you know, millions of deaths, and so far there's 40,000 deaths. Um, if your family members or someone you care about was in that 40 million or in that 40,000, it might have well been, might as well have been millions of dead. So not belittling the number of deaths, but preparing for doing something about future possibilities is going to be necessary for the survival of the majority of us. Hopefully, this will never happen again. Best case scenario would be we never have to deal with this again. No country ever has to deal with this again. But the reality is that may not be the case. Well, thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. I'll be back next week. That concludes this episode, and thank you for listening. This podcast is designed for live listener interaction. Visit the website thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com slash home for details about how to join the conversation. The video version of Altitude Adjustment is available on YouTube. Search for Lions Den STL. And the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Look for Altitude Adjustment where you get your podcast and consider making a contribution by visiting anchor.fm slash altitude-adjustment2. Remember, the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please, like, share, and comment on this and other episodes, because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.